This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome to Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly report from the Michigan Democratic Party. I'm Lavora Barnes, and the word this week, accountability. The people charged with leading our state should expect to be held accountable for the actions they take as public officials. That is at the heart of a new initiative by your state Democratic Party, holding Republicans in the legislature accountable for how they vote on issues important to you, your family, and your community. We're beginning with two of the most important issues facing all of us, gun safety and personal freedom. First, gun safety. Your party has launched a six-figure ad campaign calling out specific Republican legislators who voted against common-sense gun safety legislation, overwhelmingly supported by their constituents in the wake of the tragic Michigan State University shooting. The new campaign directly targets six representatives, Steele, Tisdell, Thompson, Desana, Kuhn, and St. Germain, in vulnerable districts that are 2024 priority seats to turn from red to blue. Through a combination of TV, digital, and billboard ads, the campaign is calling out these representatives for opposing common-sense gun safety measures like universal background checks and extreme risk protection orders. When Republicans choose to blindly follow the NRA rather than prioritizing the safety of their constituents, we promise we will hold them accountable. This is just the beginning of us keeping our word. In launching this campaign, we're making it clear to Michiganders in these districts exactly what their representatives did, who they stood with, and on whom they turned their backs. We have links to these ads on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. The second issue where we're holding Republicans accountable is healthcare freedom. This week, House Republicans made yet another egregious attack on Michiganders' fundamental right to abortion. Just mere weeks after House Freedom Caucus members, that's right, the same legislators who voted against bills to prevent sexual assault, sponsored a bill package to repeal the right to reproductive freedom and make it a felony to perform an abortion, a group of House Republicans on Tuesday introduced a resolution to condemn abortion statewide. This wasn't just any resolution. It was filled with vitriolic language. Specifically, a section of the resolution reads, Resolved by the House of Representatives that we recognize an individual unborn child has a distinct human life that any effort to eliminate this life is akin to homicide, and be it further resolved that we condemn the practice of abortion and condemned any deliberate attempt to procure an abortion as murderous. <sighs> Despite the fact that Michiganders made their support for reproductive freedom abundantly clear at the ballot box in November, House Republicans refused to accept reality. By introducing this resolution, Representatives Frisk, Regas, Alexander, Cavett, and Maddock joined the rest of their extremist colleagues in ignoring the will of their constituents, attacking fundamental reproductive rights, and jeopardizing health care across our state. But one thing is clear. They have and will continue to fail, thanks to our Democratic majorities and Governor Whitmer, who are all deeply committed to protecting bodily autonomy and freedom for every Michigander. Democrats are also acting to reinforce a basic principle of democracy, guaranteeing that the candidate who gets the most votes wins the election. 
The United States is the only democracy on the planet where a second place finisher in a national election can actually win. It's happened twice in the last 20 years. The candidate for president who finished second in the voting was still sworn into office thanks to the arcane electoral college. There's a national movement to stop this. In a moment, we'll talk with the sponsor of legislation that ends America's failed experiment with the electoral college. But first, an update on the week's other news on policy and politics in Michigan with Dorian Titus. I'm Dorian Tyus. Here are some of the stories about Michigan politics and policy we're following this week. Committees in both the State House and Senate have begun work on legislation implementing the Protect the Vote constitutional amendment. Overwhelmingly approved by voters in 2022, Proposal 2 amended the state constitution to allow nine days of early voting, making Michigan one of two dozen states allowing the practice. The proposal permits private funds for election administration, requires state-funded absentee ballot boxes, and continues to allow registered voters to vote without an ID as long as they sign an affidavit. The legislature has given final approval to a bill banning employers from discriminating against Michigan residents with braids, locks, twists, or other traditionally black hairstyles. The quote, creating a respectful and open world for natural hair, end quote, or crown at, extends the state's civil rights protections against racial discrimination to hairstyles and hair textures. Supporters say the additional protections will go a long way towards safeguarding black Michigan residents getting pushback for their hairstyle choices. The Associated Press reports that Republicans have done an 180 shift on mail-in ballots. After years of criticizing mail voting and so-called ballot harvesting as ripe for fraud, Republicans at the top of the party want to change course. They are poised to launch aggressive get-out-the-vote campaigns for 2024 that employ just those strategies, attempting to match the emphasis on early voting Democrats have used for years to lock in many of their supporters well ahead of Election Day. It marks a notable shift from the party's rhetoric since 2020, when then-President Donald Trump was routinely sowing doubt about mail voting and encouraging his voters to wait and vote in person rather than use mail or drop boxes. President Biden forcefully pushed back Thursday against a rash of cruel state laws curtailing the rights of LGBTQ plus individuals, including transgender youths, saying the measures are being adopted by prejudiced people and pledging that his administration will stand up for those being targeted. The initiatives are aimed at protecting the rights of LGBTQ plus individuals, addressing mental health and homelessness issues prevalent in the community and countering book bans at the state and local levels. Biden acknowledged the political headwinds he faces. Our fight is far, far from over because we have some hysterical and I would argue prejudiced people who are engaged in what you see going on around the country. Biden called the push for new anti-LGBTQ plus laws an appeal to fear that is totally, thoroughly unjustified, ugly, and wrong. The Michigan Supreme Court heard arguments Wednesday over a proposed rule change that would require judges and court staff across the state to refer to lawyers, plaintiffs, and defendants by their preferred pronouns. Supporters of the rule change argued it would establish a consistent standard across courtrooms 
and acknowledge the participation of transgender or non-binary individuals in Michigan's court system. Drivers will soon face fines for using mobile devices to make phone calls and post to social media on Michigan's roads under legislation approved by Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Those who lost loved ones in accidents involving a distracted driver called on Michigan state lawmakers to establish the new penalties against phone use in the car, which are slated to take effect June 30th. This legislation is designed at saving lives, and that's incredibly important, said bill sponsor Rep. Matt Colazar. The bills amend the Michigan Vehicle Code to prohibit using a non-hands-free device while driving, with a few exceptions for making calls to emergency services or reporting a crime taking place. For more information on these and other news on politics and policy, go to our website, partyonthepeninsula.com. For Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tyus. Thank you, Dorian. We're pleased to be joined on the podcast by one of the newest members of the legislature, Washtenaw County Representative Carrie Reingans. Rep. Reingans has deep roots in Michigan. She grew up in Michigan's rural towns, and her great-grandfather was the minister at the Brooklyn Presbyterian Church in Jackson County for five years. She's earned three degrees, a Bachelor of Science, a Master of Public Health, and a Master of Social Work from the University of Michigan. Before being elected to office, she was the project director for the Michigan Public Health Institute and a lecturer at the U of M School of Social Work. She lives in Western Ann Arbor with her husband and her five-year-old daughter. Representative Ryan Gans is the House sponsor of legislation which will make Michigan a member of the National Popular Vote Coalition. Rep, I'm so glad you could join us today. Thrilled to have you on board. Thank you. Yeah. Very excited to be here. So fr- freshman rep, and you've got some 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 big stuff going on, and I'm excited about all of it. But today I want to talk national popular vote because I I don't think a lot of our listeners understand it as well as they should, despite the fact that it's been in the Democratic Party platform here in Michigan for quite a while. Um, we've talked about it as as members of the party when we passed the resolutions. But I think now that we've got a piece of legislation, it's time to get really specific with folks and help them understand what the bill does. So I would love to have you just talk about what this bill does, where it is in the process, where it is in the process nationally, and what folks need to know to support you and your fellow legislators as we try to move this thing through here in Michigan. Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this important topic. I'm very excited to make sure that in Michigan and across the nation that every vote is equal and each person is campaigned to for their vote for president in every election in every state. Right now in our country, we use the Electoral College to elect the president because the president's district is the entire country. My district here in Michigan is just parts of Washington, Jackson County, and I had to win the most popular votes to win my district. But that's how we voted in that district, just the most popular votes. I think the president should have to do the same thing to you. And the U.S. Constitution allows each state legislature to determine how to award their Electoral College votes in their state. So what I would like to do in Michigan is use the power of the U.S. Constitution to award our Electoral College votes based on the national popular vote. If I had to win the most popular votes in my district, I think the president should have to do that, too. Yeah. It seems pretty straightforward to me, right? And and this thing that we do where the presidential campaigns add up to 270 and only pay attention to the states that will get them to 270 means that 
every four years, there's a, a question about whether or not you will get any attention and the issues that matter to you and your state will get any attention from the presidential campaigns. So we've been relatively lucky over the cycles that, you know, our votes have mattered to the presidential. But as as soon as they decide that we are a given on either side, either for the Dem or the Republican, we will also get ignored. And this is exactly the thing we want national popular vote to stop happening, right? Exactly. Yes. So every single person in our country is able to vote for president, right? If they're a registered voter, they can vote for president. So the presidential candidate needs to earn every single one of our votes. This is the foundation of our country. We need to elect the president using the foundational principle of our country, which is one person, one vote. And they better believe that they need to be campaigning and trying to earn every single one of our votes. So that's what I'm hoping to do here in Michigan. I think in addition to us talking about one person, one vote, and this is something that's inherently about fairness, we need to elect the president of the United States of America, not just the battleground states of America. We also have wide support for this. The voters were very clear in November they wanted a pro-democracy majority in our state legislature, the ones with the power to determine how to award our electoral college votes, right? So we know that our population here in Michigan wants us to do pro-democracy actions. And thankfully, we are and we have another opportunity. You know, something that's really cool about being a legislator now is that there are very few things that are state level legislature can do around federal policy and elections. This is actually one of the few things that we can do in affect federal election law. And I'm very excited that we can use this power that the Constitution gives us to award our electoral college votes this way. We also have widespread support. This has been a bipartisan issue for most of its history, including even now. Many of our top supporters here in Michigan are former Republican Party Chair Salonuzis former Speaker of the House Chuck Paracone, former Senate Majority Leader Richardville. So I think this is something that pro-democracy folks, we support very clearly. In addition to those individuals, we also, the Democratic Party, thank you, Chair, for your long-term support of this, our governor, our secretary of state, grassroots groups like League of Women Voters, the ACLU supports, Mothering Justice, Voters Not Politicians, that powerhouse of democracy that we have here at Homegrown in Michigan, Mm -hmm. as well as groups like the Sierra Club, the NAACP. We have a ton of support across our state for this. Because it's the right thing to do. So tell me where we are in the process. The legislation has passed through where? The House Elections Mm -hmm. Committee. So Senator Chang has sponsored the two bills on the Senate side. I've sponsored the two bills on the House side. We were lucky to get a hearing in the House Elections Committee in the spring, and we just voted out the bills in the House this week in the House Elections Committee. So thank you, Chair Cernoglu, for having that vote on Tuesday. I was excited to be there for that. Right now, we're waiting on timing to get this on the House floor. As it's budget season, we have a lot going on. But I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to get this on the House floor this month before we go um, back to our districts for all of our summer district work. And if Michigan joins the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, we will be right behind Minnesota and we'll be, I think, the 18th state since they just became the 17th. And we'll bring our vote total right now, the National Electoral College votes that are committed using the popular vote 
are 205 after Minnesota joined. So if we add our 15 votes, we'll be at 220 of the 270. The way we're looking at it is it seems unlikely that we'll have enough votes committed by 2024. So it's possible we'll be able to get this in effect for 2028 presidential election. So good. What can, what can our listeners do to help support the bill and help support you in moving it through this process? Should they be making phone calls? Should they be sending emails? Yes. I invite all of our listeners who support the National Popular Vote Bills to please call your House reps. We're 110 of us across the state. So please call your reps and ask them to vote yes when this comes to the floor. I encourage all of my colleagues in the House to come talk to me. I think some people might know that I'll just come track you down and find you, talk about the bill and make sure I get you on my list as a yes. I'm talking to folks in both sides of the aisle. I like going around the whole House chamber. So please come talk to me about this bill and please also vote yes on it. That's so great. Thank you for taking up this important issue. It's so it's so important that we find ways to make sure that we are spreading small D democracy. And this is another important piece of that that this legislature is working on. So thank you for that. We will encourage our members to reach out to members of the legislature to support you and support this legislation. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yep. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. That's our report for the week. Our great thanks to Representative Carrie Reingans for joining us and for her leadership in advancing the cause of one person, one vote in Michigan and nationally. We urge you to share the podcast on your social media with like-minded party leaders in your community. The more people who hear about the great things Democrats are doing in Michigan, the more Michigan will become a deep blue state. And we welcome your feedback on how to make the podcast more useful for you and other party leaders. Just send us an email at comments at partyonthepeninsulas.com. I'm LaVora Barnes. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in a week. Party on the Peninsula is a production of the Michigan Democratic Party. Party.